You are listening to Read Around the Rosé, a podcast full of prose. We are just two best friends that love learning mysteries and dystopian <laughs> novels while drinking wine because, well, that's just what we do. This is a book club podcast that you, you never knew you wanted. I'm Nicole. <laughs> I'm Megan. And today we are reading, or we've already read, but we're going to discuss <laughs> The Wrong Family by Taryn Fisher. Yep. This one was a wild ride. Um, <laughs> so, fun fact, um, I didn't read any of the, you're like, you know, you picked out all these books and you're like, read all the synopsis, like, uh-huh. you know, know what we're getting into. I decided not to do any of that. Cool. I'm going to go into each book not knowing what the fuck's going on. <laughs> And that's exactly what happened with this book. How, how was that for you? What the fuck was going on? <laughs> I just thought it'd be a fun challenge for myself to just try to figure it out even more. Uh-huh. But with this one, I was like, mm, I still don't like when you read it. Mm-hmm. That's going to be the first description I hear. And it might click some things in a place for you. Sure. Probably will. Because <laughs> oh. some of my questions are geared towards me not knowing anything. Well, I mean, you know everything now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, before I read the description for you and everyone else, um, actually, I read it at the end of the last, at the end of our last episode. Now that I think about it, so you did hear it. I read it too. <laughs> but anyways, what are we drinking? Oh yeah, well, we had another bottle of it, and it's cold, so we got the Nineteen Crimes California Snoop Dogg Rose. Whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> It's really cold. But, mm-hmm. you know, this time we're going to enhance it from the beginning with some black cherry vodka. Yeah. I remember last time it wasn't necessarily our favorite rosé, and it's very low in um, ABV. You going to read the description for us? I'm going to pour a vodka in first, get prepared, and then ah, mix me gotcha, a. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. You're just prepping. Prepping. We need more. You know what? No, we can save it for the next book. Yeah, it's like there's not much of that left. No. It's a cracker. Aren't you going to read it first? Oh, man. I'm off today. <laughs> you read the label. You just didn't read the description. Oh, it's ten and a half. Yeah. It's, I remember being really disappointed when I read that list. And I was like, womp, womp. <laughs> 19 Crimes tells the true story of the rule breakers who beat the odds, overcome adversity, and went on to become folk heroes in their society. This spirit lives in today through the inventors and cultural creators like Callie's own Snoop Dogg. A leader is contemporary pop culture Snoop Dogg embodies the timeless value of the 19 crimes rogues who he came before him. Bless his up. Snoop Dogg. (laughs) Got my hand wet. (laughs) How wet is it? Which were that wasn't oh, even as satisfying. Yeah, that was that was really, <laughs> really not satisfying. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you. At least that sounds pretty. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, I could have helped, but you were already in the midst of reaching. You gave me a much bigger pour than you gave yourself. (laughs) Trying to get me turned up in here, aren't you? Thanks. 
I'm gonna stop there. It's fine. I'm, I'm gonna stop there. It's okay. It's hard to tell when you have one hovering and the other one you're eyeballing it. <laughs> All right. Okay. Well, and um, we clink. And, and drink. drink. It's just so much sweeter than our normal rosés. <laughs> We were just drinking claws earlier. So much sweeter than the claws, you know. It is sweeter than the claw. <clears throat> All right, now for this description. So again, it's called "The Wrong Family" by Taryn Fisher. And as usual, we're reading this from Goodreads.com. Have you ever been wrong about someone? Juno was wrong about Winnie Crouch. Before moving in with the Crouch family. Juno thought Winnie and her husband Nigel had the perfect marriage, the perfect son, the perfect life. Only now that she's living in their beautiful house, she sees the cracks in the crumbling facade are too deep to ignore. Still, she isn't one to judge. After her grim diagnosis, the retired therapist simply wants a place to live out the rest of her days in peace. But that peace is shattered the day Juno overhears a chilling conversation between Winnie and Nigel. She shouldn't get involved. She really shouldn't. But this could be her chance to make a few things right. Because if you thought Juno didn't have a secret of her own, then you were wrong about her, too. Oh, done, done, done. 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 <laughs> it really didn't give too much away. Mm-mm. It was very vague, yeah. actually. So, yeah. Didn't miss out on much. Mm-mm. Okay. So... <clears throat> Let's see. I think this is a really good first question of mine for you. Okay. Um, I, and this was obviously, ba- I only had information that I had from the summary. Sure. Whatever. We hadn't learned anything yet. It doesn't really seem like Juno, Nigel, and Winnie ever interact with each other. Why do you think that is? <laughs> <laughs> I thought the same thing. I was just like, hmm, what's going on here? I really didn't have a prediction. I just thought, well, maybe she's the guest in that extra house, and she's just trying to stay out of their way, and I don't know how she's paying for it. Maybe she has, like, money coming in somehow because she's older, because it described in that first chapter her falling really bad. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, gosh, if, if they come home and see her falling, like, oh, well, but she's not, like, related to him. She's, like, renting the other house out. I almost thought they were, like, good friends or something at first. And she kind of made it clear that her and um, Sam had some sort of friendship. That's why I thought the everything son. was, like, dandy. I was like, okay, cool. Like, She's fitting in. Yeah, but as far as the adults in the house, Nigel and Winnie, there was never any interaction. And she would talk about them, but they never talked about her. So... I almost was wondering if this was, um, shoot, I can't remember which book it was, but it was where, like, she wasn't really alive, or no, her 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 husband and daughter were actually dead, but she was, like, talking to them the whole book. The Woman in the Window. Was that The Woman in the Window? Yeah. Oh, shit. It's yeah. been so long. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was kind of wondering if there was, like, a ghost aspect, yeah. like, maybe she was a ghost or something. That ran through my mind as well. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like, if she is like, and it would make sense if she were a ghost, because, you know, 
usually kids can see the supernatural. They're still innocent and like open minded. Yeah. Not obviously there are some adults that can too, but you know, as far as like the kid being able to see her and the parents are not, like that seems plausible. Um so yeah, I was just like, what is going on? That how do you even if she is just a renter, you would if you're in their kitchen and you're using their bathrooms and stuff like they're eating would be, the food. Thought it was an interesting scene where she found food in the fridge, microwaved it really quickly and ate it all, uh-huh. and then washed all the dishes and put them away. I was like, well, maybe it just wasn't her food and she wasn't supposed to eat it, but it looks good. Maybe. So it was just an interesting, like, hmm, okay. And she made the comment, you know, I'm I'm a good house guest. I'm not going to just leave dirty dishes lying around mm-hmm. or whatever. So, yeah, I was really – I wasn't, like, totally sold on the ghost idea, but it, like, crossed my mind because I was like, there has to be a reason they're not ever interacting. So what did you think of Juno when you first met her, though? Like, did you have any, like, strong feelings towards her or meh? No, because I think the first, like, opening scene with her was just, it described her trying to get out of bed. And taking a bath. Taking a bath. She's like, it had been so long since she's kind of taken a bath and relaxing that her pain was up. And I just thought she was an elderly woman just kind of trying to live her life and do the best she could and do like some pain maintenance or whatever yeah um and i thought for sure that you know nigel and winnie were somehow her caretakers yeah like maybe not a hundred percent hands-on but like definitely there to like look out for her like she had some so some sort of like social security or yeah. something paying for her to live there i just assumed that she was paying something yeah me too same like, I didn't really question where it came from. I just assumed she's running out of a house or an apartment or a room or something there with them. And so that she's probably paying them something. Like, it just didn't really cross my mind as to how she was paying. Just assumed that she was. <laughs> um, let's see. Were you surprised by the revelation that Winnie kidnapped an infant? Um, so let me just read you my notes on the fact. Uh, I like as soon as she mentioned it, she said the what she was doing um when she was working with the homeless. So immediately when she said it was and uh I worked with an eighteen year old named Jocelyn, I was like, Oh shit, is that Sam's real mom? That was, like, one of my first initial reactions. I was like, she just stole the baby. Um, mm. That's just what I thought happened. I thought she just kind of took a baby from someone. I didn't know exactly how. I guess we didn't have any background really on Jocelyn yeah. yet. Her name was just mentioned. I was like, immediately, that's his mom. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought maybe it was one of those. She just, the mom was in a little place. She took the child. And then that mother kept calling up to the office and, like, no, we can't give you her address right so i was like oh she got away scot-free but at the end of the day like how did she accomplish all of it but it worked out so yeah so i i had the same thought that sam was probably not actually hers because when they had that lunch and that's actually what she brought up that she used to work with the homeless and he was interested about it um she made the comment about how You know, she quit working there when she had him because she had tried so long to be a mother and she had a lot of miscarriages. Yeah. And so when she became 
um, his mother, you know, he she wanted to focus on being a mom. And so in my head, one, once it was revealed that she did, in fact, steal an infant, I was like, oh, shit, she stole Sam. <laughs> I was like, she couldn't have a kid and... Took him. She yep. took him. Same. And tried to pass him off as her own. So I feel like we already covered my next question. Did you have a running theory about what the heck was going on with Sam? I think we just talked that yep. one out pretty mm-hmm. well. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you were Nigel... Well, this is like an if, like a, not a what if. You're just putting yourself in his shoes. Okay. Okay. If you were Nigel, would you have even let Winnie bring her brother into the home, knowing like his past and especially because Sam was afraid of him? Well, I don't think he 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 was obviously a hundred percent against it. Mm-hmm. He did not want Dakota to come into the home. Um, so he, I would have prevented it if he really wanted to. In a way. I don't really know how. I feel like he he even said to her, um, like, you're not going to give me a choice. Like, you already gave him, she already gave him a key, already, like, had moved him in oh. before even asking. So, there was no real opportunity for him to to say no. Like, even when he tried to say no, she was like, um... But he's family, and we can't turn him away. And it's my, t- it's our turn. The other siblings had him last time. Like we can't turn him away. And as adamant as he was to not have him there, she was not budging. So I really don't know how he could have. But even absolutely. I guess Winnie herself, knowing her son is afraid, let's talk her side. Like, do you? I think, think she could have prevented it a little yes, bit more. Yes, she absolutely was the one who could say, I'm sorry, but the incident with you, between you and Sam last time, I can't have you here, if, if, especially if you're drinking and you're upset because you were kicked out and your wife is probably leaving you for good this time. Like, it's not going to be good for my family. She absolutely should have been the one to make that decision. It's her brother. I agree. So I think Nigel wanted to say no. He absolutely did, but I don't, like, if I tell Will, oh, no, you cannot have whoever from your family in my house, and he's like, well, I'm sorry, they're coming anyways. Like, mm-hmm. how do I really, there's really nothing I can do about it. <laughs> so I feel like he was kind of in that place where he tried to voice his opinion, but it really, in the end, it didn't matter. Fair enough. All right. Um, I think this was answered later, but I don't know if I remember the answer to it, so we can discuss it. What happened to Juno to cause her to be homeless? Seems like she had her life together before as a psychiatrist. It's actually like one of mine. Um, <laughs> but pretty much my next, well, not my next one, but that's just another running one I had. Like, what did she do to become homeless? Because I was racking my head. And obviously, the answer that we ended up getting is the only one that truly makes sense. But we slowly, slowly started getting pieces of the puzzle. Like her and her husband weren't working out. But I didn't, I had no idea. Like, how did it turn in, like, obviously I had to do something really bad. So, if I remember correctly, and I feel like you might have to help me with the details here because I had a real hard, not, not, I was real interested in the book. I just had a hard time staying focused. This so, would be a book I probably wouldn't read again. You didn't like it that much? Mm, the end was really cool, but there was a lot of drag out storytelling. Mm. 
It was just one of those, like, ugh, there wasn't enough action in it for me. Okay. So, probably probably would not go back to this one. Well, I just couldn't stay focused. Like, I was interested in it, because I love the whole, like, psychological, like, thriller type thing. So, that was interesting to me. But I just couldn't stay focused. So, I know there's a lot of times where you'll tell me something happened, and I'll argue and say it didn't, <laughs> when it probably absolutely did. <laughs> So, from what I remember, maybe this is where I'm like, maybe you can help me fill in some holes. Um, she had an affair with one of her clients. patients. One of her clients. It was a couple. And she was seeing together. Okay. And so, they got seen together. And how did that get her in court? Is so that illegal? When, yeah, it's super illegal. When you become, well, okay, so like social work, for example, um, you would never have a relationship with a client. There are some, like, um, more leniency if you're a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. But it's after a certain amount of time. Uh, okay. like Like, years upon years where you could, like, potentially have a relationship. Okay. But while you're actively seeing a client and then you decide to sleep with them, that's breaking your code. Okay. Kind of like your code as, a like, a doctor and all of that. Right. And so it becomes, like, a criminal because you do get the inner workings of their mind. And so you can manipulate them and start, like, fully taking advantage of them. I mean, think of it just like a beautiful example. Harley Quinn and the Joker. Harley Quinn got really invested in the Joker as her patient. And then our Harleen Quinzel. Sorry, let me (laughs) be more, you know, formal with it. But anyways, she got way too into it with her patient across the line. And that's how the relationship started. Mm -hmm. Because it wasn't just a patient anymore. It became something more right but which was strange for juno because she just was only using him for sex and it wasn't even good sex yeah it wasn't even like a good relationship it was just one of those impulses because she felt like her marriage was in crumbles anyways she was having her own issues yeah okay so so that's why she went to jail i guess and then i think it also had to do a little bit with like the stalking people i don't know she always says she didn't get caught but Wait, I remember so she was stalking people? She stalked. She had one client that was a lady who was a sex addict. Uh-huh. She stalked the preacher. She had another client that said she was, uh, the, I think that's, no, one was a sex addict. She stalked her. Um, she found out she had a whole family. One was a lady for ch- uh, cheating in her marriage that was a preacher. Okay. And so she would follow them around. I remember those stories. I, I missed the part that she was stalking them. Yeah, but I don't know if she got in trouble for it, but I okay. think just, like, crossing the line, her lines were just getting blurred, and that's when her husband gave her their ultimatum, like, it's you, it's, like, your career or the family. Do you remember how, how long she was in jail for? Um, it was multiple years. I want to say it was either between three and five. Okay. So. Or at least, like, at least something more than so a So when year. she got out of jail, she just had nothing? Because, yeah, when she was in prison mm-hmm. even worse <laughs> um yeah no she had nothing her family left her her husband took the kids that weren't even hers she was like a stepmom she just didn't want to get a new job like i guess not i guess where that's where i'm like she tried going back to friends job? to beg to like figure out where Craiger was but her mm. friends pretty much said go fuck yourself yeah he's moved on and I guess she just gave up and became homeless. I guess. I mean, she could have even found, like, a minimum wage job or something, you know? Like, I guess that's the part where I'm like, okay, 
I get you probably you're gonna lose your you know psychiatry license or whatever. Yeah, that's long gone. Um, so you can't go back to that particular profession. Mm-hmm. But there's got to be something else you can go do. I mean, fuck. There Make are so f- many jobs. Like if you've gone to prison that you can still get. Yeah, which so like come out be like a productive part of society. Make new friends. Yeah, you know like. There's got to be like a halfway house. She she had options. It feels like she just and she wasn't even like up. an addict. She wasn't addicted to any drugs or alcohol. Yeah, she said she long gave that up years ago, but she was like homeless mm-hmm. for like all of her all she, of her sixties. She said, yeah, and she's sixty seven, so seven years. That's a long time, especially because she was like, oh, that person's a crack addict. Yeah. Oh, they're shooting up right now. They're alcoholic, but she wasn't any of that. Yeah, like. She seemed mostly together. Yeah. So She just knew she was dying from lupus. Yeah, she knew she was sick. I mean, I guess there was something probably going on with the whole need to, like, stalk and, like, getting too involved. Probably more mental health Yeah, getting, getting too involved in other people's lives and situations. I can understand that's, you know, a problem. But it all seemed very manageable and, like... She could have if she wanted to. Yeah. She chose to lay down in grass because there was no grass in New Mexico. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what did you think when you found out that Juno was living in the crawl space of the house? Um, I don't know. My, my, my little note about it just says, oh, shit, Juno just moves herself in. No wonder there's no interaction between anyone. um i was just like what is going on like i was so confused for a while because i was still remembering like the description and it made it sound like she legitimately moved in you know but when they explained it out because that was that was a good chunk i think that was like all a part two yeah of the book was explaining how she moved in and i was like oh fuck yeah that makes so much sense in the crawl space like I guess I understand, like, it was winter, and she said, you know, living there probably saved her life, mm-hmm. which she wanted to die, didn't she? Yeah. Um. So, I don't know, but I guess you don't want to freeze to death. She did say she wanted to die on her own terms. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess it was very uh, creative on her part, but also very creepy. <laughs> Can I read you my note? <laughs> yes. So, Juno lives in the fucking crawl space. She isn't she isn't a true house guest. Fucking creepy. She steals food and lives her life with Nigel and Winnie are gone for the day. I really thought she lived in the guest portion of the house. Me too. She's disgusting and well, dying of lupus. Yeah. Um, I put a note here. We already kind of touched on the ghost thing earlier, but I was like, I wondered if she was maybe a ghost or something, but I never guessed that she was just squatting. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> and how it happened so accidental. Yes. And it just she just made it work. But, like, it makes sense. Like, when he was always like, well, I guess just Sam's a growing boy. He's eating more and more. Yeah. No, Winnie. Like, you have a house guest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Gross. <sighs> All right. Let's see. All right. But going right along with that, I said, Juno must be super stealthy. Do you think someone could be in your house eating your food, bathing, using your washer dryer without you ever noticing? So my question is very similar. How do you think Winnie and Nigel never found out? Are they really that dead of sleepers? Yeah, like what? 
<laughs> I feel like I'm so hyper aware of things that happen in my house. Like I, the garage like can go and I'm like, oh, what's that? Like I'm just, I hear everything. I just feel like that if someone was crawling around or if I was yeah. upstairs here in the bathroom downstairs being used. Because she used, I would investigate a little bit more. She did use the bathroom at night while they were sleeping, yeah, right? She did, and then she got a pee and poop bucket upstairs. I mean, in the crawl space downstairs. Unless they thought it, maybe they all thought it was like Sam or something. You know what I mean? Like maybe like, oh, Sam just got up to use the restroom, and it was an older house, I suppose. But those still aren't good excuses. Yeah, it's so weird. And then you would think with the extra laundry being done, like your electricity would go up. But if she only did it once a week and one loan, I mean, is it really going to... It probably wouldn't be that much, but I just feel like she had to be... She couldn't be that perfect in her, like... No. Hiding everything. Absolutely not, especially because she can barely even get up. Uh-huh. I'm sure she's making some some type of noise or, a lot of noise. or yeah. something. For every time you open the trap door or close the trap door. Open the closet door. <laughs> yeah. Like, like yeah. she was so bold. Like, the first scene we saw her really get out was uh-huh. the birthday party of Sam. And she got out, used the bathroom. Oh, when they were all. Piled food on All the plate, kids were asleep. Like, got all this shit, went back to the closet, went back, like, ate and went back to bed for the next three days. Yes. Like, <laughs> and I would have thought that the kids would definitely have seen her because when you're at a sleepover, you're you never you're not dead really asleep. asleep. You never go dead asleep at someone else's house, especially. It sounded like they were like sleeping on the floor. Yeah, they were just in the living room, around the TV. Yeah, yeah. There's no way like you're. She just... even cut a piece of the cake for herself. Okay? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um. What what do you think Winnie would uh, what did you think Winnie would have done when she saw the shadow of Juno in her window? Did you expect her to take the step she did or like Well, she didn't only see a shadow, she saw a person. Yes yes, <laughs> no, she did. But like in that moment, what did you think she was going to like accomplish? I think if 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 I had been Winnie, I would not have just looked in my room and that's it like i would have looked everywhere i would have looked under the bed i would have looked in all the closets yeah i would have grabbed a kitchen fucking knife yes as i'm walking around yes i would have like done a thorough house search not just a cursory glance around and go oh it must be my mind what I just saw something. I just saw a person staring back at me from my own bedroom. Um, no. <laughs> that was... Mm. All right, so Nigel is clearly unhappy in this marriage. Uh-huh. And I know they're covering for each other, but is that really reason enough to stay married? No. I, I mean, if you're unhappy, you're unhappy. At the end of the day, it's... You gotta think of your kid. He sees it all. That's probably why Sam went through all those emotional, like, this isn't my family. Yeah. Just because he could just tell his family wasn't happy. His mom was trying too hard. Mm -hmm. His dad was drinking more and more, hiding the liquor bottle around. Sam had to have known. Like, kids aren't stupid. Yeah. They notice those small little details. Because my thought was, okay, in that sort of situation, if you're going to stay together, it's usually to keep one or the other quiet. But they both did something wrong. Yeah. 
So even if you divorce, neither of you want to like rat on the other because they're keeping your secret just as well as you're keeping yours. You don't have to be married to still not want those secrets out. <laughs> but it, but then at that, like Nigel was only about to have that first like cheating session. He didn't actually cheat on Winnie. Oh, I think he did. Yeah. No, he said that. That was That's the, what he said. Oh. You're right. No, he could have been. <laughs> but based on what he said. Because her, remember, that wasn't the first time they were out. Because her friend Amber texted her and said, hey, I just saw them at lunch. Mm. Took a picture. No, right. Sent it. And then the next day, she went and saw it for her own eyes. Yeah. So it definitely was not a new thing. He, he lied. Maybe maybe it just just started like the affair kind of deal. Maybe, but I think I think that when he was correct and that he was lying about not having slept with her. I just what a dickhole. But at know. the same time, like Winnie kind of fucked up too. So <clears throat> yeah, they were just not good together. Not anymore. I also really hated um, every time she talked about how she banned him from drinking. He wasn't allowed to drink. He yeah. wasn't allowed to do this or do that. I'm like, that's not a relationship. That's a controlling. He's a grown man. Like, you're allowed to um, express your opinion and you're like, hey, um, this happened to me and I don't really like alcohol or people drinking a lot of alcohol because of this. Like, And if he chooses to respect you and not drink that much, cool, great. But also, I don't think he was abusing alcohol i think he was drinking it like a normal person so if anything hiding it and having more of a binge each time because it is because when you're told no you want to do it yeah and then you're unhappy so you're he probably wanted to drink a little bit more because he's unhappy but if he had just had you know say rain to just have a a glass of whiskey each night or whatever or or however often he wanted but she also said like him drinking straight whiskey was part of the reason she was immediately attracted to him because that was what her dad drank until he died and then she was like no 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 yeah but i don't know i just i didn't really care for her controllingness so my next one's not a question i just wanted to mention my favorite quote of the entire book okay wine was the medicine for the basic bitch Oh, yeah, white wine, she said. <laughs> white wine is the medicine for the basic bitch. And I was just like, yes, <laughs> but no, but yes. <laughs> so I wanted to share that because uh, yeah. I um, I was exiting out of my driveway to go to work. Uh-huh. I was literally, I had to stop in the dri- like middle of the street uh-huh. in my neighborhood just to type that quote out so I oh, didn't nice. forget. <laughs> I stopped, though, yeah. before I was on my phone. And that's when... Um, that's when she was in the restaurant waiting to catch him cheating. Yeah, yeah. And she was taking some, drinking some white wine to gather her courage for her confrontation <laughs> that was about to happen. I feel like my next question we already kind of went through. What did you think of Juno? Uh, what do you think Juno did to wind up in prison? Did you expect it? Her being like from her sleeping with a client. I feel like we already kind of yeah, that out. Yeah. My next one is: Do you think Juno went too far when she contacted Jocelyn's mom? Absolutely, because she didn't really have any proof. No, it was all it was speculation. Yeah, I mean, I know that you know we thought that it was true as well, but there was no definitive proof about it. So I think 
you definitely need to be 100% certain about something like that. But she saw the news articles and the bloody cloth and I guess just ran with it. Yeah, but, you know, again, you're just speculating. And if you aren't 100% certain about something like that, you do not, you should not butt in because you obviously created a huge snowball effect. And she created a whole life. Just like I feel like with her other clients that ended up in prison, mm-hmm. she created a life for them in her head, yep. was too close to it, could not have that client professional confidentiality. Mm-hmm. She kind of just like screwed herself over, really. Yeah. All right. What are your thoughts on Dakota and his mental health problems? Did the family enable him? Absolutely. Sure did. As soon as they said that, like, in high school, he would beat up or he, um, I think what really got me is, you know, him and his twin Winnie got some fish and his died. So he took Winnie's and flushed it down the toilet. Oh, but he cried because he was so remorseful afterwards and yeah. he was forgiven. It's understood. Mm-hmm. And then all the fights he got in, I'm like, this motherfucker needs to be spanked or grounded. So here's the thing that kept getting me, like, the sisters were always like, his dad died. You don't understand. But it was their dad, too. Yeah. And they all, for the most part, I mean, I know Winnie did a crazy thing, but I think she did it for the right reasons. Like, she had good intentions. Yeah, she did. Um, the rest of them, like, are have normal adult lives and families and But only whatever. one of the sisters even liked Dakota. The other two, like, didn't want him to come over anymore because of his problems. Exactly. But Winnie got this shit into the stick because... She went through the most with him, and they're like, no, he's your brother. But I, you should have figured it out. <laughs> but I heard Winnie say it, and I think I heard Shelly. Shelly or Shelby? I can't remember which her name was. Close enough. Um, they were like, each time the, Amanda would contact them, their first thing was like, oh, we just got to give him a break. His dad died. Just take him back. Like, but I know you will. Like, the dad died probably years and years ago, right? Like When they were in high school, I think. Yeah, so... Yes, I understand you're going to be grieving your whole life for that. But no. But it's not an excuse to just... When you're in your 30s... Behave ex- however you want. Yeah. Um, well, now we're just getting into it. So, when he killed Jocelyn's baby on accident, do you think it was smart for her and Nigel to cover it up? I think they should have gone to the police. Yeah, of course. Because, you know... She should have called when she had the baby in her coat. Yeah, but I know she said she was taking him to the hospital. Mm -hmm. So I think when she got to the hospital, like, I assume she just wanted him to get taken care of. Mm -hmm. Make sure he's healthy and whatever. She didn't specify, but from her taking her to the hospital, she wouldn't have a birth certificate. She wouldn't have anything like that, so... My mind, she was trying to do the right thing and making sure the baby was safe and yeah. healthy. I don't think she was trying to keep him. At least that was my assumption. No, for sure not. So, when she got into the accident and the baby died, um, I think if she had explained, like, maybe I probably would have spun the story. I wouldn't say, like, I took the baby. I would say, like, oh, I found the baby, like, lying on the cold next to this tent and I wanted to get the baby help (laughs) like I think if she had just explained what was happening and why she had the baby 
what she was doing, she might have gotten in some trouble, but I don't think she would have. I don't think it would have like ruined her whole life. But it wouldn't. I could be wrong. Her status, because she's all about being the the top bitch in the mm -hmm. room, it would have ruined her top bitch status. That's hard to do when you you work your whole life to be top bitch. That's true. I I mean I guess I'm just thinking more rationally and you know like a normal person person <laughs> normal person would have gotten the baby gotten up to where you can to your car and nor called the ambulance immediately not drive yourself yeah in those conditions because it's already that's not true. safe to drive that's true so at the end of the day she should have been responsible in that fact just called immediately and let the authorities mm -hmm. take care of it before she even got in the car yeah that would have been the because she thing. didn't have a car seat or anything the mm -hmm. baby was literally attached to her and so it wasn't a in big her shirt yeah so, too close to the situation. But yeah, the Nigel just burying the kid, like, mm -hmm. like, what was he thinking? Especially where he buried the kid, you dumb fuck. Of course I they're going to link it back to you. Yeah. I don't know. The way that I was reading it, I or, or listening to it, um, it seemed like that took place so long ago that they weren't in their current house. I probably just filled those blanks in my head, you know. But I thought they were, like, in an apartment. Like, they were still young and whatever. Well, they got the house before she was pregnant. And then all the, like, there was mold and all that. And they had to live in a hotel for a little bit. Maybe that's where I was confusing. Yeah. Because I was thinking they lived some, somewhere else. Like, I think I was thinking it was, like, the very beginning of their relationship. Mm -hmm. And um, he took her took care of the baby some other way. So I was a little surprised when it was in their current house because I hadn't connected the dots that they were living there at the time. Yeah. All right. Let's see. All right. So I said, this book has so many twists and turns. Did you see any of them coming? <laughs> no. Of course not. <laughs> no, I did not. I just felt like, okay, so for, it started off with uh, Juno being homeless and just like squatting in the house. I had no idea that was coming. Um. Then finding out that Winnie stole an infant. No, no. Well, <laughs> we got a good inkling very early on, but we didn't understand until later. Yeah. Um, And then the whole Dakota thing. <laughs> he was an interesting character that I thought was just there to be a, a side character. I Not realizing how significant he was actually going to be. Mm -hmm. And then there's um, there was the brief almost affair or whatever it was. That was, uh, that was a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's just an extra part of the book. And then there's the whole ending. That was just. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so let's get into that. You ready? Yeah. Jackson was fucking nuts. Um, I just couldn't believe that he would go on a killing spree like he did. What about you? Dakota? That's totally what I meant. Why did I write Jackson? I don't know. <laughs> I was like, who's Jackson? <laughs> You know what? In my notes, I definitely went back and called him between Jackson and Dakota. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I wonder what you were thinking of when you wrote down Jackson. I'm really tired. It's the, dog? the morning time. I'm going to work. <laughs> You're making these thinking. notes. That's funny. Um, but we know who I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I um, uh, I did not really see him like actually going on like a murderous. No. Spree. Me neither. Like when I knew he he didn't like Nigel and he was kind of 
spiraling, especially when Amanda called to warn Winnie, you know, I'm thinking a physical, like, fist fight or something at most. Yeah. yeah. Not bringing a gun and I'm going to kill Shooting type of- Nigel twice in the head. And then Terry. Motherfucking oh, yeah. Terry was there. Yeah. Sam's and- my grandson. Yeah, and that poor lady, all because she was, you know, still grieving, and that was on Winnie. <sighs> Not Winnie. That was on, that was on Juno. That was on Juno. That's what I meant. <laughs> yeah, sending the emails, stirring the pot there, just confirming that that Sam was her grandson. She just could not without, let it go without fully knowing, and then you find out it's not even true. <sighs> Sam was definitely Winnie and Nigel's. Like, she did all of that, and she was wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, what the fuck? And then the way, like, that was another twist. She was wrong. No, yeah. Because for a lot of, most of the book, I was convinced that Sam was the baby she saw. Oh, yeah, me too, because all the evidence was pointed in that direction. Mm-hmm. Until you find out more about the miscarriages and the bloody cloths that are in the envelope are parts of miscarrying babies. And she kept the news articles, not like a trophy, mm-hmm. but to make like to make sure that like she was covered up. Yeah. Which was kind of dumb on her part to keep a memento or at all have yeah. that. Mm-hmm. Or to look up articles on the internet and not clear her browser history. Like, yeah. But then also Juno went and did all of that on her computer. Yeah. And even took notes. And I thought it was the, the weird when she was writing and took notes on like missing children uh-huh. and then Woody was like huh well who could have done this it's a woman's writing but then she couldn't like put together the same handwriting on the envelope that she got right i was just like wait come on you yeah. can't that, that you would have done that i would have done that um and then with the whole killing spree thing when the detective finally gets to talk to winnie he starts to say that Nigel like stabbed Dakota first. They got I just I, what I remember is an altercation where they pushed each other um, at Nigel's job, and the security broke them apart. Yeah, but then when Nigel went for his walk, the detective told Winnie that Nigel stabbed Dakota. I don't remember that part. Yeah, she he told her he told her that she. He stabbed him. So I don't know if he was doing it in self-defense or he stabbed him first. Who knows? He was also not in his right mind. He was completely drugged out. I, Dakota. Oh, I was like, Nigel? Because I'm like, what caused Nigel to do the stabbing? Unless it could it have was, been self-defense. It because, self-defense. yeah. And then when Nigel first showed up, nope, when Dakota showed up to the house, he had a knife and a gun in his hand. Yeah. And then I couldn't believe how long it took Winnie to figure out that Dakota was the one that I thought shot. she was a dumbass bitch. Right. Like, Terry knew it immediately. Yeah, she was like, he's not being helpful because he's the one who did it. And Nigel <laughs> was on the floor saying, Dakota. Yeah, Dakota did it. Like, she, come on. What? Like, how dumb do you have to be? And your sister-in-law called you literally the other day saying he's coming after Nigel. Yeah. <laughs> what? She... I, I know that you're in shock or whatever, so I've never been in that position, but I just still think I would have been able to put two and two together. Oh, my brother has a bloody knife in his hand and a gun, and my husband's on the ground dying. 
Hmm. <laughs> and he's not rushing in saying, where's the phone? Let me call 911. He's dying on the floor. And yeah, and Nigel, I mean, Dakota's like, yeah, he is. I'm going to, let me actually make sure he dies. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, she took way too long to figure that one out. Um, and speaking of things taking too long, how did the neighbors not see or hear anything that was going on? And call the police. Why did it take so fucking long for the police to be called? I mean, we found out why. <laughs> but was he the only neighbor? I mean, no, because they described it. They lived in downtown Seattle. The houses were very close together. It was yeah. like, you can't even find parking because of, like, the area they lived in. So I would feel like someone would have called. But the neighbor was just like, no, it was fireworks. And then I, and then I went outside again. Oh, their door's open. Oh shit! Oh, and wasn't Nigel like right in the doorway, like flying down, bleeding? Jorge and I lived in a new, like in an apartment complex, mm-hmm. and there was like someone shooting, and immediately, like right afterwards, there were so many people calling the police. They were like yeah. already like swarming the area. I mean, granted, it's an apartment complex, mm-hmm. so that's a little different, and that was way abnormal for it to happen there. Only time I ever had that experience living in apartments, but. Immediately, there's the cops out there trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, I don't know. That just that was blowing my mind too. How long that took. Um, so my last question for you is: What did you think happened to Jackson and Winnie before we found out in the end? Dakota. That's what I meant. <laughs> I read my notes. What did I think happened to Dakota and Winnie? Yeah, at, before you found out in the end. Like, because they said that Dakota was missing. So what did you think happened to them before we got the big reveal in the prologue? Oh, um, well, what do you mean by what happened to Winnie? Like, if she survived? Because we didn't hear anything about her again. All we heard was a scuffle. You mean Juno? Fuck, I fucked it. Yeah, that one. Okay. Let me rewind you. What did you think happened to Juno and Dakota? Um, in the end, before we found out the big reveal. Okay, so I thought that um, Juno had killed Dakota under the crawlspace. And I thought that he had also got a shot off on her. So I thought they were both just dead in the crawlspace. Fair. Um, so I guess it turns out that Dakota was. I guess Juno got out and she died in the ditch behind the house. No, she just crawled even further. She was like where the baby's remains were. Because I... I mean, the last 30 minutes they talked about it, and I'll be honest, I, I finished working, and I went and laid on the couch listening, and I kind of started to fall asleep. Do you want me to give you a recap? Yeah, because what I remember was hearing them say that they the, they found the lady in the ditch. Okay, so this is what happened. The owner, you know, smelled the rotten smell, right. got into it. He um, saw this big pile of trash, didn't think anything of it, and kept crawling in the crawl space. He kept cutting himself on the rocks and everything. And kept going further and further and further. And um, at some point, he reached, like, a baby's hip bone. I was like, oh, shit, that's a human being. And then he looked, and then he saw Winnie. Not Winnie, Juno over there. And Juno was in that area, like, the far place in the crawl space that she would never go to because she thought it was so creepy. Okay. But that's where she was, like, kind of smiling at her Did they call it a ditch? Because I remember hearing something about a ditch. Because it kind of goes down a little bit. Okay. But it's all part of the same underworkings of the house. Okay. And That's then he's crawling back to, like, get out of there. And then he notices the Dakota 
in the trash with the gun shoved in his mouth and the sign on the ground that says, I'm sorry, I, I had it wrong. Yeah, something or, like or that. something like that. I, I think was, I wrote it down. I was wrong. I just wanted to do the right thing. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I definitely, I guess I was right. They were both dead under, under yeah, there. For sure. I just heard that she was found in a ditch and so I thought like it was like behind the house like somehow I she got I think it's where it got like more rocky yeah. and she cut herself on glass and yeah 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 okay yeah. that makes sense yeah oh man alright so that was your last question yeah that was it okay so mine go right along with the end I only have two more um I'll, since we're talking about them under the house I'll start with this one did it really take almost two months or more for someone to smell a rotting corpse not just one though it was two Two. i would think it would be almost an immediate effect like you move in you're like what the fuck does that smell i would have thought as the house is being shown that oh yeah because it's almost an immediate kind of pungent smell yeah like i would have thought like as you're trying to buy the house i'd be like this house smells i don't know what that is or you ask the realtor, like, what is that well, smell? Well, they maybe didn't even go view it. He said he got the house for his wife uh-huh. as, like, um, just, like, a new start for them. So maybe they didn't really even I don't know, man. view the house. But it, she, he, I think he mentioned that they were in the house for, like, a month before, before he smelled it or before they started smelling it. And then I remember Winnie saying, like, when she moved in with um, Nigel's mom and Sam. When they all moved in with Nigel's mom, she said that was like six weeks later. And so I don't know the exact time frame, but if like, if she moved, if the people moved in after six weeks, because I imagine, you know, they need to move their stuff out of the house and everything. So six weeks already passed and then they move in and then a whole other month. That's where I came up with my two month time frame. Really? You're not going to smell some rotting corpse things? Mm. yeah mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay uh-huh. and then um my last one thoughts on Shelly's attitude when she visited Winnie in the hospital what a bitch that older sister was not very kind or nice no. or supportive all she cared about was well that's your baby brother well motherfucking bitch she, he just killed my husband in cold blood right in front of me yeah even if they didn't have that great of a relationship they we're still together. They were still a team. That was still her son's father. Um, they were working towards getting back together. They were about to have were, a big bang sesh. They were trying. Yeah. Like, you know, so the fact that she was so dismissive to the fact that Nigel was even dead and, like, upset with Winnie for being mad. I would have dropped her, too. I would have been like, you know what? We're done. Fuck Go away. Oh, man. That was, I just thought that was completely rude and uncalled for oh it totally was all right well i guess that brings us to our what would you do yes okay well you probably have the same one so let's get to it i have two what would you do if you found out someone had been secretly living in your house oh i would freak the fuck out that's what i would do (laughs) oh i feel like you know that's actually been a (sighs) it's actually a legitimate fear of mine Okay. I have watched a lot of true crime stuff about people living in walls or living in attics. And they manage to live there for months or years before they're found out. And it is the creepiest fucking thing. 
I could ever imagine. Like they're up there, like looking through your vents, watching you all the time. Yeah. Sneaking down when you're away. Will it be a lot harder to live in our attics? Because in Texas, the temperatures in the attic are so extreme. Oh, it's real hot. You would die up there. You would immediately die. That's why I find some comfort in our house because our attic is so small. And we moved in in August. Yeah. So like, mm, yeah. So, I don't know. I, I know it's pretty unlikely, but... I've seen like story after story that it, it that does happen apparently. Oh, I'm sure. And it re- it really just freaks me out. Like, what what am I gonna actually do? I don't know. <laughs> Other than freak out. I don't Stab know how, a bitch. I don't know how I'm gonna handle it. But I also think like our walls are pretty thin. That'd be really hard. I don't have like a big wall area. I, I don't have a crawl space. Thank God. Don't have a crawl space. Yeah. Like nothing like that. Our houses are one story. Mm-hmm. So we have that going for us. And I really think if someone were in my attic, you could barely move and I would hear it. Yeah. Well, we found out there's some birds, like, crashing up in our attic area. That's great. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. Where he goes, oh, awesome. Look at them just fly out of our attic. Cool. <laughs> so we have that going for us. Sweet. At least it's not a person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least it's not a person. All right. What would you do if you ended up homeless like Juno? no friends or family how do you think you would survive um i would move i think that that was a smart step on her part trying somewhere new somewhere different mm-hmm. then i would have gotten into um just like a type of program to help homeless people get jobs and there's plenty of programs out there that are there to help those in need like find like somewhere to live have a job um she talked about being at a shelter a couple of times Mm-hmm. I would have seen, like, what program shelters have, because shelters actually have some pretty strict programs sometimes. Yeah. Depending on the shelter. Mm-hmm. Like, they make you not be there during the day because they want you to go find a job. Mm-hmm. So, I would have been trying to find something to restart my life. It wouldn't have been as lavish as a psychiatrist's life. Right. But I would have been just happy, like, working at a fast food restaurant or some what have you, minimum wage, trying to make mm-hmm. it work. Maybe I had a few roommates. We all lived together. But I would have not been on the streets. You were motivated to try and have some sort of normal life. Well, especially after my family <laughs> left me and I yeah. was known as like a crybaby pretty much in prison. Mm-hmm. Like I'd want to start over. Yeah. Make something new. Like Reinvent start a new yourself. chapter. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You? Well, I want to hear your response as well. I think I would be the same way. Like I really hate depending on other people. Like. I can't even imagine if I were to be homeless right now, like, I know I have, for, like, I'm more set up than she was, um, but I can't even imagine trying to go live with my family. Like, I wouldn't want to. And, like, a friend like you or Jorge or someone, like, I could do it for a little bit, but eventually, pretty, Not forever. pretty quickly, I'm going to feel like a really big burden and inconvenience. And also, I'm going to want my own space as well. So, like, I... And then if I have you not, you or family not in the picture at all, like, I've never not had a job, so. Same. (laughs) I just feel like if I lose one job, I'm going to go find another. Yeah. And then, like you said, if I have to get a, be in a shelter or something, I'm going to do that and 
figure out how to get back on my feet. Like, I'm going to go talk to the psychologist or, like, the counselors at the shelter. Yeah. To start figuring out what I can do to better my life. And, and that's so what many, they're there for. There's so many programs, you know, like, my company, um, we sponsor, like, big organizations as, like, our charity things. Like, United Way is a big one that we always support. And they have so many resources for people, like, if you need help finding a job. Like, wherever you're living, there's going to be a resource like that that they will help you exactly get on your feet if that's what you choose. Especially if you don't have, if you're not also suffering from a mental or um, a drug addiction or something, and you are capable of finding a job, like, there's people and resources out there to help you do that. I think Gina just, she just gave up yeah. on everything. I mean, just don't give up. Okay, so how would you go about living in a crawl space but not be, like, and be unnoticed? Like, what would you have done to make sure you're safe? Well, first off, I'm going to have a real hard time living in a crawl space. I do not like to be in the dirt. No, nobody does. I don't like bugs. I don't like rats. But in this situation, you have to. So how would you make it work? <laughs> All right. I'm going to have to find a way to cover the ground, for one. Okay. Because I have to feel comfortable. Like I can't, For sure. I cannot. Personalize your crawl space, girl. Yeah. You do you. Uh, so she was pretty smart, I will say, in finding the donation bags and, like, getting new clothes from that. Yeah. So I'll probably do something similar and either use all the clothes as my base i'll put it all down on the floor <laughs> so i have something soft yes and not dirt to lie on i'm gonna need a pillow um, bundled up clothes make a great pillow yeah so i would ha- first and foremost need my space to be comfortable you transfer it into mini apartment yes like a little fort <laughs> <laughs> um and then i don't think i would go I would. I don't think I'd ever leave while they were in the house, no matter time of night, time of day or night. Okay. I would have to. She knew their schedule very well. Yeah. So I would have to also get the schedule down. Yeah. And only emerge from the crawl space when I knew they were gone. Would you be able to like go to the bathroom up there in the crawl space and keep your poo poo and pee pee bucket up there? I guess I'd have to. Yeah. But I would, hopefully the cross face is big enough where it could be far enough away from me that it's not a big... I think that's how she had it set up. I was pretty far away from her, too. Yeah. Where it's not, like, a huge, like, smell, gross, hindrance. Gross. Um, and then for food, um, I would probably definitely eat, you know, whatever they had that was, like, maybe almost gone. Or in the middle, like... You can't open something new. No. Or you just take it, I guess. And you can't finish it completely. Like, you got to find that happy medium medium Mm. where they're not going to really, or they're going to think someone else did it or whatever, but you got to be careful. But, like, taking a bath in the, in their bathroom, like, that was a little risky. All the snooping and everything. Yeah, that was so risky. But. I thought when Juno, not when Juno, when, no, when Juno was in Winnie's room doing all that snooping, and then when he got home, it was just like, smells like, like, a, like a sour, like death smell in the air. Yeah, like, and his like- pillow wasn't on the ground earlier. Huh. Oh, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, okay, so because there were a couple of times where someone came home early when they weren't supposed to. 
Yeah. So how do you ever feel that comfortable and that relaxed to actually take a full-on bath? Good question. <laughs> I could say a quick shower, like an in-and-out shower to but feel. But even then, like, the water, there's still water drip droplets. I think she, used she the- took towels and dried everything. That's just so... It's a lot of work. It is a lot of work. <laughs> a lot of work. And you know what? I really don't like to work that much, so I'm probably not going to actually do this, but if I had to... That's probably, I have to somehow find my, be comfortable for myself. <laughs> I would have gone to the apartment bathroom. Yeah. If the apartment had its own separate bathroom, they're not in there all the time. Why not use that? Because it'll dry. No one's going to know. Yeah. Why use their master bathroom? Like, that's just so silly. That is silly. I definitely would have used a different bathroom. Like the kid's bathroom, because that's always dirty. And who knows? He probably doesn't realize, like, what's up from down. Yeah. 13. Yeah. I just remember, like, my little brother's bathroom, how gross it is. Like, that's the bathroom you want to use if you don't want to get caught. Exactly. <laughs> Not the, no. All right. My last one. It's kind of a downer. Oh. I'm sorry. I couldn't. I had trouble coming up with what would you do. <sighs> okay. Um, what would you do if your spouse took a baby and then accidentally killed it? Man. What if he took a baby and he accidentally killed it? I think it would have been like Nigel been really angry at first. Like, mm-hmm. angrier than I've ever been in my entire life angry. Mm-hmm. And upset at the same time because it was a baby loss. And that's exactly how Nigel felt. Mm-hmm. But then, like, fuck, like, you took it and I love you and we're together. So I guess I'm going to have to find a way to help you figure it out. But I would definitely not bury the baby in my crawl space underneath my house. Yeah. I would have gone somewhere, like, way out to the woods, like, not been associated with it at all, because now that when they find the baby in the theoretical future of this book world, Mm -hmm. they're going to link it back to the owners beforehand, because they can tell all that with forensics. I would have been a little bit smarter with that part, Mm -hmm. but I don't see much else. Like, I wouldn't leave you. Like, now we're kind of are tied together, and I don't know. Do you think it would cause um, a rift in y'all's relationship, just like it did with them? Like, they were never quite the same. Trust. I mean, the trust is gone. Mm-hmm. How can you be with someone without trust? Yeah. Um, what's going to happen next? If this happened, what's going to be in the future? Mm-hmm. That's going to be a complete downward spiral. It's like, now you just got to act like everything's normal. Yeah. <laughs> like, how do you do that? But then, like, you have a child coming into the world, and you want to be a positive parent for that. Yep. I think things would have gotten a lot worse for them if Sam wasn't born immediately, like, in this situation. Yeah. Um, If she wasn't pregnant and then no kid was involved. He probably would have just left her. He would have left her. Absolutely. Yeah. I think Sam was the saving grace of the relationship. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, yeah. That's all I got. That's all I got. Cool. Go beans. So what are we... Well, I guess next week will be a bonus episode. Bonus! We don't know what we're doing yet. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. It's <laughs> fine. It's fine. We're fine. Everything's fine. <laughs> um, where can they find us? Sorry, I just like chugged the rest of my drink. <laughs> um, yeah. You can find us on the Rose on Facebook. Right? Uh-huh. Read Around the Rose, a G- Instagram. Read Around the Rose, Gmail.com. 
They're getting the rosé part. What, what about the rosé? It's Facebook, but it's all the same. It's all the same shit. <laughs> Search up Read Around the Rose, Read Around the Rosé, you'll find us. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> no big deal. Yep. Uh, until then. Bye. Bye. Yay!